to you live from the Elliott Avenue studios of Sports Radio 950 KJR. This is Sounders Weekly with your host, Jackson Feltz. Good evening and welcome to Sounders Weekly. You're listening to the new home of the Seattle Sounders, Sports Radio 950 KJR. Jackson Feltz in the beautiful Carter Volkswagen Studios tonight here in Seattle, Washington, bringing you the next hour of Sounders FC talk here on the station. Going to be all talking about the victory over D.C. United this last Saturday. New York Red Bulls coming up tomorrow, 5 p.m. kickoff here on the station. Pre-game will start at 4.30, so we'll be previewing that match as well. Big show tonight. Garth Loggerway, Sounders general manager and president of soccer, will join the show just in about 25 minutes from now. Also, Sounders midfielder Harry Ship joins the show. You'll hear that interview about 7.50 tonight, but we start tonight by talking about D.C., and here to do it with me, my good friend, colleague, you heard him call the Seattle Sounders win over D.C. on Saturday, Andrew Harvey, you do a lot of things, so let me just take a second to list them all <laughs> off. We have the play-by-play voice of S2, the fill-in play-by-play voice for the first team, you do Sounder at Heart, what else do you do? I know there's another thing. I write for Pro Soccer USA, which is the site run by the Orlando Sentinel, about the Sounders. Uh, and then I also call some games for the kids at Pumas from time to time. That's right. <laughs> you are a definitely multi-talented, multifaceted. You can find Andrew Harvey doing pretty much anything relating to soccer here locally with our local clubs. So great to have you in studio. Thanks for coming in today. Yeah, Jackson. Always a thrill to be here in the Carter Volkswagen studios. And Andrew, for the first time in a while, we get to talk about a lot of positive stuff here. Let's start by talking about this victory over D.C. 2-1 to on Saturday at CenturyLink Field. It just feels fun to talk about a win. Win, and it's a big win. It's a comeback win. It's not like a simple one nothing where a ball you know goes in just almost luckily. It's a two to one. We made a statement and a comeback victory here over DC. You know, we we talked to Brian Schmetzer about it on, at training Friday, and we asked him, you know, when a team is struggling, as the Sounders, I feel it's fair to say, have been <laughs> yeah. or had been. Um, you know, you need a couple of breakout games, and Brian had pointed to, you know, we we thought maybe it was going to be that Toronto match or that road draw at Sporting Kansas City, but. I mean, there's just that indelible moment, you know, the the long throw in, the partial header clearance, and you see Nicholas Lodero starting to, you know, just square up his body and go, oh, yes. It's coming. It's coming. And he buried it. And, you know, that's that's what you need. You need your great players who are maybe a little bit ticked off that they didn't, you know, make the Uruguay squad to come in uh, and just bury a goal like that because, you know, you could see what it meant to the team and what it meant to the home support and what it meant to the pyrotechnic guy because he, <laughs> he had waited a while to set off those flamethrowers, I'll tell you what. Yeah, definitely. And we talk about Nico Ladero and specifically the emotions that go into missing out on what's his probably last chance to make a World Cup squad. And then in the return to your club, you score a goal, a huge goal that breaks the ice, that finally starts the train moving, and then... I think it was in the 83rd minute. Magnus Wolf Eichram scores the game winner. That was another beautiful goal with right back Christian Roldan pushing up and the great crossing. Yeah, it just, you know, it was one of those things where you could see the body language shift. And, and it yeah. was it was really interesting for me because it reminded me of the match they played last year at home against DC United. You know, they that got, was the comeback, right? They went they went 3 yeah. 0 down, I want to say on 50 minutes, and then Will Broom pulls a goal back in the 51st. And even though they were still down two at the time, you could just kind of see the way that things changed mm-hmm. for them on the pitch. And, and all of a sudden, it, it just leads to the little things. You're a little bit quicker. You know, you put in a little bit harder on a challenge for a 50-50 ball. Um, it's the power of belief. And I think mm-hmm. the return of Nicholas Ladero has kind of helped inject that. Not to say that the Sounders were giving up before, but, you know, sometimes it just takes one person to 
knock one in and go, all right, let's go. And he didn't celebrate either. That that was the message. He jogged back to the halfway line and said, okay, let's keep playing. That was going to be my next thought, is the fact that we're talking about his emotions in terms of missing out on a team and then coming back to the team and scoring. You did still see some of that kind of reserve. Maybe that is, I don't know, what do you make of that, the reserve nature of his celebration? More of, you know, coming off of the Uruguay, still kind of emotional off that? Or is it just, this is business, we're getting back to scoring in Sounder Soccer, just follow me? I think in this case it was about the, the nature of the game, right? I mean, there was still plenty of time to play, but it was a relatively late-ish goal. Um, you know, it wasn't quite those standard when you see where the guy grabs the ball out of the net and then runs, but he scored from a long ways away. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was really more... You know, we talked about this as Nicholas Ladero, he leads by example and he leads by action. Right. And it's not just scoring goals, but you know, my favorite story about him of all time was when he showed up before his first ever match against the LA Galaxy. Uh, you know, the club was in dire straits. Uh they'd just fired Ziggy Schmidt, and he goes up in the locker room, in a locker room where he is new, admittedly a new guy who's expected to be a star, but still new. He goes over to the jukebox and turns it off and says to his teammates that, you know, the situation's serious and they need to focus. And I think it's kind of that same level. It goes, yes, we've scored a goal, we've pulled level, this is good, but the expectation is that we're going to take three points at home and reward the home support. And I kind of feel that's what the, the jogging back was meant to convey. Well, and having somebody just, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Having somebody jump in there with that mentality at a point where, once again, they're in dire straits facing must-win matches, that's very big to have. Also got Victor Rodriguez back in the starting lineup, got Ozzy Alonso back in the field. So this Sounder team sort of coming together now, and, and we're starting to see, once again, the club and the lineups that brought this team to a second consecutive MLS Cup last year. And right when you see that happen... Another injury. Kelvin Leardom goes down. We heard from Brian Spencer with Dave Softy Muller and Dick Fane yesterday that it's not days, it's weeks. So just when you get everything starting to go your way and everything starting to form back and look as it should look, another big injury. Yeah, no, I mean, and there's got to be a certain level of frustration. Uh, I'm, I, I know the Sounders have evaluated pretty much every part of their training process they can to see what might be causing this Personally, I think it's just kind of knock-on fatigue, which is to say they've been shorthanded because of injuries, and because they've been shorthanded, they haven't been able to rest up guys the way they need to because they've also needed to be getting results. Uh, and then, lo and behold, when you lean on too many people for too long because you'd have no one else, they get worn down, and yeah. when you get those guys back, so you know, hopefully things are gonna gonna clean up pretty soon here. But yeah, you know, yeah, it's um, it's frustrating and just kind of one of those things where you got to grit your teeth and turn to you know, Jordan McCrary, and go, all right, Jordan, you're in. So you're saying we don't get right back rolled on? You might. You might see Jordy DeLem drop back to right back. It's not a position he's excelled at, um, but it's one of those things where they have to make it work. Uh, and that's that's kind of the nature of this sport, particularly MLS, which is one of the most physically taxing leagues in the soccer world. Andrew Harvey, my guest, he is a broadcaster for S2. He broadcasts matches for S1 occasionally. Uh, shouldn't say S1, should say the first team, <laughs> excuse me there. Uh, he broadcasted the 2-1 to victory over D.C. this last weekend. Writes for Sounder at Heart, writes for Pro Soccer USA. We're, we're just going to have to go, Andrew Harvey, he's a guy. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> by this point. I should mention, by the way, uh, Sounders FC Soccer is brought to you by Elysian Brewing, the official craft beer partner of Seattle. Seattle Sounders FC. Andrew, we're talking about the defensive end there. A bright spot on this defensive end with Roman Torres off the World Cup. Kim Kee-hee looking great. He had a few outstanding plays in this match. It looks like he is now a lock to stay in there at center back, at least while Torres is out of the World Cup. And then the question becomes, when Torres comes back, what do you do with Kim Kee-hee if he's still playing as well as he is now? Well, I mean, I think it's one of those things where 
Brian Schmetzer would would rather have a tough choice to make when picking his two starting center backs. Um, it's a good problem. It's a good problem to have. It's a really good problem to have. And, and I think honestly, you know, between Roman and Chad, those are two guys that are that are not spring chickens. Um, they have traditionally done a really good job of staying on the field physically. Roman's had some injury problems. Of course, there was that uh, ligament tear in his knee in his first season with the club. Chad Marshall is an absolute warrior and has pretty much been there day in, day out. It's why he's second all-time uh, amongst field players for starts in Major League Soccer history. Uh, active field players, forgive me. There's one other guy who's ahead of him who retired. Um, so, you know, I think it's one of those things where, especially as you get into the late st- stages of the season, if you have all three of those guys healthy, I think, I mean, what a luxury it would be to go to a guy and say, listen, you know, if we're a goal up 65 minutes in, I'm subbing you on. You know, I'm not taking the center back off. I'm just going to put you in, and we're going to clamp down on this game and see it see it out. So I think it's one of those things where that can only be a positive for Seattle. And we talk about this team in terms of depth, in terms of relying on guys, leaning on guys when others aren't healthy. If you build that up and then you are able to then lean on multiple guys in those last three, four months of the season, that's going to mean a less likelihood of, of injuries. This team, I mean, keep in mind, has played through December two straight years, plus the CONCACAF Champions League. They've been leaning on a lot of guys. If you're able to build that depth, and let's just say, knock on wood, it doesn't happen, but a Chad Marshall goes down with an injury, you know, and he has had a rough time this year. He's been hit hard a number of times. He's had, you know, head injuries. We've seen cuts, you know, throughout the first few months of the season. Knock on what he doesn't, but if he was to go down, then you have other guys to go back on. Same sort of situation with a Jordy Dilemma, versatile guy, right back rolled on, me and Christian being able to play so many different positions on the field. The versatility of this team is what's going to allow them to not only get back to the playoffs, but make a third consecutive cup. You know, at the moment, I think it's... Uh... People might say that's an optimistic view, but but the truth is, you know, the, this, the pieces are here. Sure, and and this league, this is a streaky league. You know, if if the Sounders can turn this result and now go and get at least a point on the road against New York Red Bulls tomorrow night, you know, you win a couple games in a row, you go on an unbeaten run of five six matches, you will jump up the table in dramatic fashion. We all remember what happened in 2016, Andrew. I want to switch gears here. Talk about another huge piece of big news that's emerging with the Seattle Sounders. It's the name Raul Rui Diaz, and I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Raul Rui Diaz is a 27-year-old Peruvian forward currently playing in Liga MX where he's averaged 20 goals per season for the last two years in Liga MX. He has been strongly linked. Is that the right term? We heard from Brian Schmetzer yesterday with our own Dave Softy-Muller and Dick Fain. I want to play that audio, then we'll talk about Rui Diaz reportedly coming to the Sounders. Nothing is for sure. Okay, nothing. The, the deal isn't done. It hasn't been signed all the way yet. So we really can't comment on players that we don't officially have on our roster. But what I would tell you, ah, there we go. What I would tell you is if you watch some of the highlights over his last couple of years down in Liga MX, which is a very, very, very good league, he's killed it. So, and, and, you know, if we were able to land a player of his stature, yeah. certainly would be a, a, a welcome addition to our squad. So that was Brian Schmetzer yesterday with Dave Softy Mahler and Dick Fain. He went on to say, I don't have the exact timeline. Garth has been working nonstop trying to get a DP to this team. He made that announcement. He made it public. It's out there, and he's got to stick to his word. We know that the player would come along that transfer window opening, uh, whether it's Rui Diaz or another DP, but from hearing those comments from Brian Schmitz or Andrew, it certainly seems like this Rui Diaz rumor is 
pretty concrete. Sure. I mean, and I think, you know, I think it's one of those things where the club has definitely been linked with him from sources that people would take credibly. That the only thing that can get weird about this is, you know, sometimes at the last second stuff doesn't happen. Um, by comparison, look at, uh, you know, uh, Iwakuma last year when he went down. Who, who was it? He went down to, right? He went down for a oh. deal with one of the California clubs. I want to yeah. say it was the Angels, but I don't. Dodgers. Dodgers, right? Yeah. And everything was good, and then he failed his medical. You know, and there's there's just always that slim chance that no matter how certain a thing is, until a name is on a contract and a, a butt is on a plane, uh, <laughs> you know, you can't be 100% certain. And we haven't seen anything official from his current club, uh, the Monarchs, but for a guy like Rudy Diaz, he is fast, 27 years old, so right in his prime, like I said, he's averaged 20 goals a year. This is going to be a goal scorer. Let's just kind of project into the future. This is a big if, but let's just project that he joins the club after the window opens here. What kind of attack are we looking at now with a Rui Diaz at the number 9 instead of a Will Bruin? It's a really good question, and I think it might preface the possibility of examining a formation change. The Sounders did deploy a 4-4-2 during the preseason. They played with the Diamond. Um, I personally am always a big fan of the big guy, little guy striker combination. Uh, I think it opens up a lot of opportunities for you. And it's one of those things where, you know, maybe that means you can rotate Clint Dempsey up there because Clint is at his best when he has good people around him that can support him and know how to get into space and are quick enough to get on the end of the balls he can serve. Um, he was a great facilitator for Oba uh, when Oba Femi Martins was still here. And I think, you know, it means that you can take some of the stress off Will Brune, who very clearly, man, that that guy's he heart. He needs a few days off. Too. That guy's heart <laughs> is the size of CenturyLink Field. Yeah. I don't know if you remember, but there was a run he made to pressure uh, the David Osted, the DC United keeper, late in the game, and you can tell his foot's bugging him, and he sprints just a gut busting run, uh, and the ball goes away, and he, you know, kind of crumples to a heap behind the goal, and you know, still picks himself up and gets back on. You, you can't question the man's commitment, that's for sure. Yeah, but specifically with Rui Diaz, that combination of small and big would also work well with Bruin in that sense. Absolutely. And and we're talking about a guy that we were talking about before the show started who can score long-range goals. So Will Bruin, a guy who can hit in a header, he's you know the short range. He doesn't hit the long ranges, so Rui Diaz, the perfect way to play off him with the long-range stuff. Absolutely. No, I, I think getting a player of Rui Diaz's Rui Diaz's caliber, and it's going to take me a couple minutes it to get you to say Yes, uh, you know, getting a player like that who can do all of those things for you offensively, it just opens up so many options. And I think that's definitely what the Sounders are targeting, whether it winds up being uh, Rui Diaz or not. Now, the numbers we've seen, which is just reports, there's nothing for sure yet out there about transfer fees and salary and stuff. I love it. I just, I love, I love a good transfer rumor, Jackson. I just, <laughs> there's oh, a lot of them at this time of the year. My favorite thing in the world. So, I mean, listen, these numbers are gigantic, and it, it says a lot about what the Sounders are really trying to do here. Adrian Hanauer made comments last week with the Seattle Times about the certain financial backing he's put into it. What does it say in terms of the ambition of the Sounders team to throw money right now at it? Because Garth Lagerwey has talked about and we're going to have him coming up here in a few minutes on Sounders Weekly. He's talked about, in addition to a DP, bringing in an additional TAM or two, what does it say about the ambition of this center team right now? I mean, the ambition has always been there. It's just been the personnel have been depleted to such a point between international call-ups and injuries, uh, which has been a pretty common yeah. theme through the early portion of this season, uh, that, you know, it, it's just 
the matter of sometimes when you have to put in your second and third stringers, you're going to get second and third string results. Uh, I think this is the club addressing a symptom, right? They weren't targeting a pacey number nine because they thought they were going to have Jordan Morris this year. And then very suddenly and very abruptly, they did not have Jordan Morris this year. And now they are addressing that um, in a way that they find will be conducive to their business. They're looking to buy goals. They're looking to buy wins. Well, we'll see what happens with Rui Diaz coming up here. Um, we're going to try to ask Garth Logaway about it here coming up in the interview. He will not be available for the New York Red Bulls match, of course, coming up tomorrow. 5 p.m. kickoff here on 950KJR. Andrew, this is a very good New York Red Bulls team. It's a road match. Bradley Wright Phillips, nine goals on the year. you got Tim Parker and Tyler Adams coming back with two really good matches for the U.S. men's national team against France. What do you make of this New York team in a tough game here? Yeah, you know, it's just Harrison, New Jersey is just such an interesting place to play. Um, they have a pretty decent atmosphere. The Red Bulls are a well-organized team. I mean, Jesse Marsh has, keeps his club very, very tightly in order. It's why they are consistently one of the best clubs in the Eastern Conference. Uh, what are they? Seven, four, and two so yeah. far this season. So fourth place right now. Um, listen, they're a talented squad, and when you're on the road, you've just got to be composed. I wouldn't be stunned if Brian goes back to the four, the five four one. Um, mm. it's been a formation that has given them success on the road so With Jordy Delem as that third center back? Possibly. That's probably what I would do, because Delem could still range forward a little bit and, and help you build out of the back, something right. the Sounders have always been committed to. Um, I think, you know, it's going to be a stiff test, and I'm excited to see what they can do. So we'll listen to that tomorrow kickoff at 5 p.m. here on KJR. Pre-game starts at 4.30 with myself. All right, now let us turn gears and talk to the general manager and president of soccer with the Seattle Sounders. Garth Lagerway will join Sounders Weekly next. Don't forget Harry Ship, an interview with him coming up in the final segment. That's all next on Sounders Weekly on your new home for the Seattle Sounders. Sports Radio 950 KJR. Now back to Sounders Weekly on your home for Sounders FC. Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. Welcome back to Sounders Weekly. You're listening to the new home of the Seattle Sounders, Sports Radio 950 KJR. Coming up later here on Sounders Weekly, Harry Ship, Sounders midfielder, going to join me here for an interview. Andrew Harvey alongside me today here in the studio. Thanks again for joining me here today, Andrew. Yeah, Jackson, thanks for having me. Andrew, every Sounders Weekly at this time here on the show, every Tuesday evening about 725, we are joined by the general manager and president of soccer with the Seattle Sounders, Garth Logaway. Today is no exception. Garth joins us again today. Good evening, Garth. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? We're doing very good, Garth. It's a, it's a good day here on Sounders Weekly because we get to talk about a win. It's a victory 2-1 to over D.C. United for the Seattle Sounders last Saturday. Garth, how relieving was it to finally get that victory? We've talked for the last couple weeks about how this team was in the position of kind of must-win games where they are on the table. So how relieving and, and how gratifying was it to finally get that this last week? You know, look, what I would say is we finally look like the Sounders again. You know, everybody who started that game had started in and won a playoff game for us last year, with the exception of Kim Kihi, and he obviously, he obviously was, uh, had a great game and I think was, you know, was arguably our best player on the night. So, uh, you know, when you have that kind of quality out there, uh, you know, hopefully you start stringing together some performances. You know, I thought, uh, you know, those guys still looked a little rusty. I mean, it looked at, in aspects like uh, an early season game, and of course that's because those guys haven't played together. You know, Victor uh, Rodriguez's first start, Harry Ship's first start in a long time, Nico Ladero back and looking better than ever. Um, you know, so that combination of players, they've got to, um, you know, figure each other out and, and continue to, uh, you know, to get more cohesive because it's been 
you know, really last November that, you know, those guys are winning. Now, the good news is, is they were winning playoff games then. Uh, the bad news is, is it's uh, June and that was November. So it's going to take a little while. And I think that shows a little bit the injury, injury epidemic that we've had to work our way through, um, you know, where it's been truly six months since uh, anything approaching uh, our best team and, you know, is out there. And that clearly still wasn't our best team, you know, no Ozzy, no Gustav, no Torres, um, potential DP coming in the summer, maybe a second player as well. I mean, you know, you, when you take that group and you say, all right, get them more cohesive and add five players, um, you know, that's it's probably a pretty decent team at the end of the day. Garth, you, you mentioned Nico Lodero coming back to the squad, obviously scores a great goal. But I, I want to ask specifically, what is the value of the fact that Nico is capable of showing up on a Friday and going out there the next day and, and being that influential in midfield, kind of the same way he was when he arrived in 2016. He's a really good player, man, and his, his effort is always there. And, uh, look, you know, he the World Cup man meant a lot to him. Um, it was his last chance at it. So, you know, my, my I tip my hat to the guy. I mean, for him to, you know, that's not a short trip from your way. I don't know how many times you've done that, Andrew, but it's about <laughs> 16 hours of flying time. Uh, from Montevideo to uh, to Seattle. Uh, it's a really sweet trip. Uh, and, you know, again, you just literally get off the plane, train a day. And, again, he was training at, you know, one of the highest levels in the world, you know, getting ready for Uruguay, a top ten national team in the world. Um, so that part of him being informed makes sense. But uh, the guy's just a dedicated pro, uh, and it's just night and day what he does for us when he's on the field. Garth, we're talking about this win. You mentioned Kim Ki-hee there is having a great performance. Brian Spencer said in his post-game press conference that they actually you have used Google Translator with Kim. Do you also use Google Translator with Kim Ki-hee? <laughs> I, I tend to talk to the players' representatives more than the players. Uh, okay. you know, the, the on-field staff, the coaching staff, is the one that's more often interacting with the players directly. Um, <laughs> you know, and, But we try to communicate consistently across those channels. And uh, uh, Kim's agent speaks good English, so that's not a problem. Uh, and Good. Kim is Kim's super friendly, and he's also I'll say this: Kim is really smart. Um, he's uh, college educated in Korea, and you know he's made, you know he's he said, hey, it's English is a hard language to learn. Of course, it's radically different than Korean, uh, different alphabet and the whole thing. But but of we've had a lot of players come through, and I think he's as engaged as anybody in trying to figure out uh some english so I, I again i'm 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 proud of him for the effort he's shown on and off the field well his soccer intelligence is certainly showing he's had some really big plays of late especially in that win over dc at a slide tackle in the first half showing why he was most definitely worth that tam contract and really he's he's been showing up big on the defensive end these last few weeks it is and you know he had to get adjusted you know and, and he had an injury too you know i think we counted the other day we had 16 of our 27 signed players have been hurt at some point this year so it, it's just been crazy uh and and you know when you look at the causes again it's two years uh playing 11 months in a row and then you know trying to ramp guys up in a really fast manner for champions league the second year and you know, if it were just us, you'd say, all right, hey, there's there's something that we're doing wrong. And, and you turn around and you look at Toronto, the other team has gone through the same process, and you're like, wow, they're a mess as well. So, you know, it's just a lot of games, a lot of wear and tear. And, look, there's, there, are, there was a transition in our performance department. You know, Dave Penny left for the Orlando Magic. He was as good as there is in the business. We replaced him uh, with Damian Rhodes from the EPL. Again, he's going to be excellent. He is excellent. He's going to be awesome. Um 
there are always slight differences in methodology when you bring in new performance staff. And, um, you know, we also lost our number two, Chad Kalarsik, who went to go run Colorado. So, again, I think we showed the real strength of our staff, but it took us a while to get up to speed and replace uh, those staffers. And that probably had an impact on our early stage, uh, on our preseason, certainly and on our, on our early stage uh, kind of run up in terms of uh, the injuries we've had. So we got to own that. Uh, and But that's something that, again, we're confident is going to get better with time. So I'm um, excited about how we look going forward, and uh, hopefully we can get through Wednesday without anybody going down. Yeah. Sounders General Manager and President of Soccer, Garth Lagerway, joining Andrew Harvey and I here on Sounders Weekly. Garth, we got to talk about the big story and the big rumors swirling around the club right now around 27-year-old Peruvian forward Raul Ruiz Diaz, and I hope I said that correctly. Obviously, you can't talk about players that aren't officially on the club, but is there anything you can tell us about what's going on with that situation? Yeah, Jackson, we've got to talk about it. Garth's about to no-comment us and disavow all knowledge. <laughs> Yeah, you know, again, I, uh, I'll give you the you know, the lawyer's answer. So we, we can't comment on anyone not under contract to the Sounders. Uh, it's always flattering to be linked to players of that caliber. And, uh, you know, certainly he's he's going to be a part of Peru's World Cup team. It, you know, made it, made it to the final cut. And so, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Garth, uh, we know you can't talk about specific players, but... At the moment, is it fair to say that the plan is still to bring in a DP level player and and at least another TAM signing during the summer transfer window? Yeah, I'm. I'm very. You know, we we intend to sign, and I am optimistic that we will sign. Uh, uh, do so before the opening of the window. Uh, that we will have a DP signed and ready to go. Gartha, Andrew mentioned Tam there. Speaking about Tam, I was reading an article from Paul Tenorio of The Athletic. We understand from the article that the league has final say on all contracts, specifically on Tam deals, as reported by Tenorio in the article. Yes. Yeah, and Andrew, I didn't mean to duck your previous question. We do intend to sign a second player. Um, I do think it'll be an investment. It'll be another investment on the attacking side of the ball. Um so I don't want to characterize it beyond that because we're obviously going to get the best player we can, whatever that means. Um, and yes, Jackson, uh, the league has final say on they have final say on all contracts. Uh, and what I would say in regard to the Tenorio piece is that they, uh, whenever there's a new policy that comes in, they tend to be to take a hard line toward those contracts first and and really impose and enforce the guidelines that they're given by by the board. Uh, and, you know, then with time, depending on how the policy works, then, then maybe they're able to relax them. But their their starting point is usually uh, fairly rigid. Uh, Garth, can you tell us at all what the, what the guidelines are on TAM contracts specifically and, and how they do and don't get given out by the league? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it, in general, it's, you know, to do with the age of the player and, and but also the, you know, what the league, you know, there's there's some judgment on a league level and some evaluation, and you know they have experts in their office, and uh, you know from time to time they'll call uh, GMs and other teams. Uh, and again, I don't know if they did or they didn't in these cases, but uh, certainly that's happened in the past. And they'll try to get a sense of the marketplace, and you know they'll try to, you know, the league, the league. I think tries its best to treat everyone fairly, and um, again, that's why they, you know, if they're given guidelines by the board, then they try to enforce those guidelines. 
Garth Logaway, our guest with the Seattle Sounders, general manager and president of soccer. Garth, let's switch gears. Uh, the team going to face the New York Red Bulls tomorrow, and then no game this weekend, taking a short World Cup break here. So we wanted to talk a bit about the World Cup on the show before the World Cup starts this Thursday. So I wanted to start with this. With the World Cup starting this week, we've been looking on social media and following along as Gustav Svensson and Roman Torres are over there. It appears that Roman Torres is, is having a lot of fun with in Russia already. Did you see the reporter who questioned Roman Torres asking him, hey, did you know that you're the heaviest player at the World Cup and all Roman did was stand up and lift his shirt to show his abs? Did you see that? I did not see that, but that sounds like Roman. <laughs> <laughs> did he glower at him for a little bit? No, he was grinning. He was grinning ear to ear. It certainly seems like he's having a lot of fun Fair over enough. there. and His personality is kind of just coming out as a media darling. Absolutely. You know, he's, he's, he's a lot of fun to be around, that's for sure. And uh, he's, uh, you know, uh, you know, he's the, fa- the fact that he's fit enough to take his shirt off is an awesome sign for us as well. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I I make a point of, of doing that as little as possible in front of other people. <laughs> Garth, thinking back on, on the World Cups that you've seen, <laughs> thinking back on the uh, the World Cups that you've you've seen, do you have an all time favorite World Cup moment that that sticks out to you? Um, you know, I think probably beating Mexico in the two thousand two quarterfinal. I was studying in uh, Florence, Italy at the time, and so was with. Uh, with a group from Georgetown Law School and, and uh, that was studying abroad for a semester out there. And in general, that was a really fun summer. And But to watch that game where we were in this massive, uh, it's in Italy, so it's not a beer hall, but, it, you know, they served alcohol at long wooden tables that in Germany would have been called a beer hall. Uh, and, you know, we watched it with all these, Florence has got a, a big expat, uh, like, Florence exchange student community. So there are a bunch of, students from Latin America and a bunch from the U.S. and, you know, we all got in the room and, you know, drank and danced and watched the game and uh, sang a little bit and it was it was a ton of fun and, of course, the U.S. won and, um, you know, I just remember how just utterly disbelieving uh, some of our friends from Mexico were. That it was <laughs> absolutely inconceivable to them that the U.S. could beat them in a, in a World Cup match. So um, that was that was that was fun. Garth, when talking about U.S. soccer, you know the, the sad truth that they didn't make the World Cup this year, but we're still looking at a team where, where the pieces are in place, and they played the 1-1 draw in France earlier this, or last weekend, I should say. This is a team that still has a bright future coming up in Qatar, or Qatar, excuse me, as well as wherever the 2026 World Cup is held. This is a U.S. team that's not far off from getting back to the World Cup and then competing in there as well. Yeah, I mean, we should qualify for every World Cup. In period, full stop, no discussion. Uh, CONCACAF uh, is statistically the easiest qualifying group in the world, and that's something that we should be able to manage. And um, hopefully we do a better job going forward. And, uh, you know, we, we I like that we've begun identifying young players, and I think if we're going to uh, make a real push to be a legitimate top-ten national team at some point, uh, we need to – They'll bring in better technical players and players at a younger age and players that have uh, the ability to develop uh, within MLS uh, and abroad and hopefully, you know, really transform the kind of player that we are producing in, in the United States. Continuing on about the World Cup here, are you able to watch every game? Because these are some games that are starting at like 3 a.m. Pacific time. How many of these do you catch? 
Um, it will depend on how well the baby sleeps. <laughs> uh, baby Sam is uh, is awake. I will be watching the World Cup. And, and the good news is, is that the World Cup's going to be better when I'm, than what I'm usually watching with Baby Sam at uh, 2 or 3 in the morning. So, um, you know, the uh, other than that, if, uh, well, if either one of you guys are old enough to be parents yet, but uh, you go to bed as soon as you can and uh, you get up when you have to and, uh, you know, you kind of got it through. But, look, all the games are on. I, I certainly won't be able to watch all the games live. Uh, but, you know, with white, with uh, some of the video products that we have uh, on the office, you know, certainly you'll be able to watch all the games. You know, we have, you know, software that lets you watch the games, all the touches on the ball, and just the time the ball's in play. And so you can watch kind of a condensed version of every match, um, you know, that are, you know, 60 minutes long or so. And, and that's maybe a little bit more efficient uh, way to watch a lot of these games anyway, as fun as they are to watch in real time. And certainly, you know, the big games will, will hopefully be on a little later. I think like maybe 11 a.m. Um, and those maybe we can watch. So at least some of them as a staff and uh, have a little fun with it. All right, well, I think, I don't know whether we can do it this year, but maybe next year we do a Sounders Weekly Podcast Edition and you just give me tips for how to be a dad because I'm probably about four or five years away from that with my wife and I. So I'll start taking tips now. We can start a podcast together. Garth, how about that? I, I don't know if anyone's going to want to listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, God bless you for uh, aspiring to it at one point. Garth, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, with the, with the, the men's national team not available, uh, well, and you know, not qualifying for the World Cup, Jackson and I we've we've adopted teams. I'm I'm guessing that Jackson is going for Argentina because the mug's wearing an Argentina strip now <laughs> here at the KJR Studios. I'm backing Iceland. W- what about you, Garth? Do you have a, a team that you're kind of adopting for the tournament? So I uh, my my family's ethnically Dutch, and of course, uh, oh Holland did not qualify. Rough qualifying oh, cycle I met, for the Lagerways. You guys, that uh, yeah, yeah. That I you know, so I get both my my kind of ancestral teams are out. Uh, the place where I studied abroad that I have affection for, Italy, also did not qualify. Oh boy! So I am scraping the bottom barrel. The, the other place that I studied abroad was in Freiburg, Germany. Uh, oh. So I'm going to go uh, for the Germans, but that that is the you know that that's that's literally that's the only choice that kind of had left. Just think the obvious. I'm going to root for Sweden and I'm going to root for uh, Panama and, uh, and look, I, I'm interested in how the Mexican side does because I think mm-hmm. you know you know I, I said in the segment you know the Comcast is the easiest qualification in the world and you know what we're all hoping for is we can raise the level of play in Comcast and so if if Mexico does well. Uh, that you know brings more attention to things like Champions League and Gold Cup, and uh, you know raises the level for everybody. So certainly we'll be looking with interest at uh, at Mexico and, and Costa Rica. Garth, I'd like to do a little exercise with you. I produce for a show that goes from ten to one on KJR, hosted by Jason Puckett and Mike Gasson of the Puck and Gas Show here on KJR. Today, earlier on the show, we did an exercise where the three of us each went through a draft and we picked three teams each to represent us in the World Cup and there was listeners that joined on with us that could win prizes but we each have three teams in our groups and I wanted to list each of our three teams without saying who's is who's and you tell me who has the best team of three okay uh, and basically Garth just so you know it's okay th- whichever team does the best at the tournament yeah their their competitor wins so they want to pick the winner exactly exactly one of your three teams to be the winner so group one I'm not gonna say who has who but group one has Argentina France and Portugal. That's group one. Argentina, France, and Portugal. Group two has Brazil, 
Belgium, and Uruguay. Group two is Brazil, Belgium, and Uruguay. And then group three has Germany, Spain, and England. Germany, Spain, and England. So which one, two, or three group would you pick? Interesting. And sorry, you cut out. The first group is Argentina. Who else? Argentina, France, and Portugal. France? Okay. So groups one and three, for me, have two teams who can win it. I know some would say that Belgium can, but for me, that's a little bit more far-fetched. Um, I would say I would narrowly take uh, group three. Yay! <laughs> Jackson's picked the winner. <laughs> that was my group, so I'm very happy to hear that, Garth. Thank you so much. All right. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I, I don't know that associating with me is in your best interest normally, Jackson. Well, either way, Garth, I'm happy to have you on my side for this little contest here. Hey, a great chat with you today. Uh, Love to having you on here. We'll talk to you again on Sounders Weekly soon, and appreciate your time this evening. Awesome. See you guys. Great stuff there from Garth Logaway. Always a pleasure to have him on Sounders Weekly. So much fun. Andrew, I know you got to run, but thanks so much for spending the evening here on Sounders Weekly. Look forward to having you again soon. Always a pleasure, Jackson. Happy to be back anytime. Sounders and New York Red Bulls facing off tomorrow at 5 p.m. You can hear that here on Sports Radio 950 KJR. Pre-game starts at 4.30. Coming up next on Sounders Weekly tonight, here from Sounders midfielder Harry Ship. That's coming up next on your new home for the Seattle Sounders, Sports Radio 950 KJR. Now back to Sounders Weekly on your home for Sounders FC, Seattle's Sports Radio 950, KJR. Welcome back to Sounders Weekly. You're listening to the new home of the Seattle Sounders, Sports Radio 950 KJR. One segment left tonight in Sounders Weekly. Jackson Feltz back here in studio. Harry Ship, Sounders midfielder, joining me here shortly on the show. Once again, I want to thank Andrew Harvey. He's the voice of S2, also does some first-team matches here on KJR. You heard him call Saturday's 2-1 to win over D.C. here on our station. Thanks again to him for joining our first two segments. And also thanks to Garth Lagerway as well, Sounders General Manager and President of Soccer, for joining me. Great to talk with him as always. We'll have him again next week on Sounders Weekly. But now it is time to get to Sounders midfielder Harry Ship. He's joining me here on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline. Harry, thanks for joining me. Let's start off with the 2-1 to victory over D.C. this last weekend. How much of a relief was it to finally get a victory for this team in MLS play? Yeah, it was it was much needed for sure. Um, I think, you know, we struggled for, for a while there and struggled to score goals and, and, you know, get a positive result. So for us, you know, it was definitely necessary, but it's funny how, you know, one game all of a sudden changes your outlook and, and everyone's feeling good again and positive and, you know, we're feeling like we can get another three points tomorrow. So from D.C., let's jump back a little bit to the yeah. game against Sacramento in the U.S. Open Cup uh, the yeah. previous Wednesday. That was, yeah. un- unfortunately, a loss. But you specifically, we keep talking about how this goal drought needed to end and somebody needed to break the dam, somebody needed to get the train moving, as Brian Schmetzer yeah. has said. Everybody is kind of pointing to Nico Ladero in the D.C. game. It was actually you in that Open Cup match in the 91st or 92nd minute there. That was a yeah. crazy goal there, taking the deflection and going in. Yeah, you know, I think for me, um, you know, I hadn't played for a while before the Salt Lake game, and I, you know, I came in and played 45 minutes against Salt Lake and felt like I did well and, and was feeling good. So, you know, the plan going into that Sacramento game was was for me to play the last 20 minutes or so just because, you know, the plan was for me to play against D.C. and, I, you know, they didn't want to, you know, have too many minutes in one week. And it was funny that, you know, I scored scored the goal that had, had us play another 30 minutes. Um you know, but for us, it was, you know, for me, it was a good experience. Glad I could come on and help the team. Unfortunately, you know, it didn't lead to us moving on. 
Harry, lots of young guys out there with you during the Open Cup match last Wednesday. I want to specifically focus on the S2 players that came up from S2 and joined the first team for the Open Cup match. Who impressed you from those guys? Yeah, you know, you know, someone like Ray Sari, I think for me, you know, he, he gets 110% every time he's on the field. and You know, he's so committed to winning. And I think, you know, he makes, he's one of those guys that makes the job of everyone around him easier because he does all the little things that, you know, for me too, I try to pride myself on, you know, doing the things that maybe, maybe fans don't notice or don't go on the statute, but, you know, help everyone around you, you know, win the game. And I think, you know, he was someone for me that, that stood out. Sounders midfielder Harry Ship is my guest here on Sounders Weekly. Shifting back to the victory over D.C. Harry, we look at the return of Nico Ladero and Victor Rodriguez to the starting lineup. What did they add to the attack? And maybe not necessarily something that you can look on the stat sheet for, but what did they add to your offense on Saturday for the victory? Yeah, I think, you know, first and foremost, it's just comfort level on the ball. I think, you know, they're they're both very calm on the ball, and I think, you know, you have guys in the midfield that are, you know, want the ball. And I think, you know, we've, we've been saying, you know, you got to want the ball and demand the ball. And I think those are, those are two guys that, you know, want the ball, even if there's a couple guys around him in a tight space. And I think that makes it easier because you're able to then alleviate pressure for, for other guys who are, you know, either making runs in behind or showing up in other spaces. So, you know, again, they, they make the game offensively easier by, you know, wanting the ball in those tough spots. Match against New York Red Bulls tomorrow at 5 p.m. here on Sports Radio 950 KJR. The big name, of course, with New York is Bradley Wright Phillips. Nine goals on the year. What's the focus of this team in terms of stopping him and stopping a New York team that also has four other guys with three goals on the year? Yeah, I think you know they're they're a team that likes to press um, higher up the field and they're very active, energetic. So I think for us, it's about you know breaking that initial pressure and kind of forcing them to drop all the way back deep in their own half. I think you know if, if we're sloppy with the ball and turning it over, I think that's where you you see you know Bradley Wright Phillips kind of take advantage of other teams' mistakes so well. So I think for us, the key is, you know, breaking that initial pressure and forcing them to retreat 50 or 60 yards instead of allowing them to win the ball and go, you know, 30 yards to goal. Harry, the team is still trying to fight up that Western Conference table. Is a point enough in New York when you're trying to kind of fight back and and take every point that you can get out of this season? Is this a must-win or is a draw in a tough place to play in New York against a very good Red Bulls team? Is a point enough? No, I think, you know, where we are on the table, you got to be realistic and say every game, um, you know, we think we're capable of getting three points tomorrow. And I think, you know, guys are confident again, you know, confident that we're going to score some goals. So I think for us, I don't think there's any game you go into hoping for a draw. I think you're going into every game. Um, you know, we feel like we have the talent level to go into every game, home or away, and, and get three points. All right, Harry, as we end Sounders Weekly tonight and our player interview, as I end all of these player interviews, going to do some rapid-fire fun questions. So just give out the fastest answer you can give to each of these. Sound good? Uh, yep, sounds good. All right, let's start with this, Harry. What is your favorite restaurant in Seattle? Favorite restaurant in Seattle is Revel. Revel, where's that? Uh, it's in Fremont. And what kind of a... Uh, oh, you know what? I think I've heard, because I live just uh, up the hill from Fremont. What sort of food does they have again? It's like Asian fusion and Korean. That's right. That's That's really right. Good. It's kind of that fusion style, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, Harry, next up here, what one food could you eat for the rest of your life? Tacos. Tacos. <laughs> it's Taco Tuesday. Are you having tacos today? No, I wish I had the game tomorrow. <laughs> probably, probably shouldn't. Darn. <laughs> On the other side, what's the one food you would avoid for the rest of your life? Um... Probably salmon, even though people in Seattle don't be happy about that. Salmon in Seattle? That's not going to make a lot yeah. of people around here happy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Harry, who's going to win the World Cup here coming up in a few weeks? Um, I'm going to say Germany. 
I'm not totally sure. <laughs> Are you rooting for anybody with the United States out of it? I like Spain. Spain's been my team since since I was young. I just have loved the way Spanish midfielders play. So if I had to choose a team I wanted to win, it's probably Spain. All right. Well, they're both there. And kind of when looking at Vegas odds, they're both up there right at the top. Yeah. Harry, who is the best player you've ever played with? The best player I've ever played with? Um, that's a good question. Um, probably Piotti in Montreal. 1v1, I've never seen someone better. Harry, last one for you here. I ask every player this question because there is such a craze going on and Christian Roldan wants to talk about it every single time we bring it up. What is your opinion of Fortnite? I have never played and honestly probably haven't played a video game since I was in middle school. Really? (laughs) Not a video game guy at all? No, no. I don't own a console or, you know, for me, I just... I've just never really gotten into it, so I'm probably someone that doesn't can't speak on on Fortnite's behalf. <laughs> Why is that? Why no video games? I don't know. I just for some reason never never got into it. Yeah, I'm not I'm not against it. I'm no particular reason. I just for some reason never got. Now I feel like I'm too late to the game. <laughs> <laughs> You're never too late to play video games. We're all kids at heart, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Harry Ship, Sounders midfielder, has been my guest here on Sounders Weekly. I'm glad that fans got to know you. You're not a video game yeah. guy, but you love tacos, so <laughs> glad people got yeah. to know that. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Thanks so much, Harry. We'll talk to you soon. Good luck tomorrow in New York. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Great stuff there from Sounders midfielder Harry Ship. You can watch him tomorrow. New York Red Bulls, Seattle Sounders kick off at 5 p.m. right here on Sports Radio 950 KJR. Pre-game show will start with myself at 4.30 here on the station. You can listen 9.50 a.m., the iHeartRadio app, sportsradiokjr.com. If you missed any of this show, and thanks once again to Sounders midfielder Harry Ship, to Andrew Harvey, broadcaster for S2, also does some first-team matches, and Garth Lagoy, Seattle Sounders general manager and president of soccer. If you missed any of these interviews, you can check them out on the podcast, sportsradiokjr.com's Sounders Weekly On Demand page, also our Sounders page under Teams and More. Check it all out. We do these shows each week, 7 to 8 p.m. live here on KJR. That'll do it for the show tonight. Thanks again to all my guests. You can hear us once again, 4.30 pregame tomorrow, Seattle Sounders and New York Red Bulls. Tune in.